You're watching Formosa News. I'm Ken Lee. Welcome to the program. President Tsai Ing-wen addressed the nation on Wednesday as Taiwan deals with its first local COVID infection in more than eight months. Speaking at the DPP headquarters in Taipei, Tsai said it was not time to panic yet because the new case had a clear source of infection. But she also called out to people across Taiwan to take proper COVID precautions at upcoming holiday celebrations such as New Year's countdown events. Taiwan's run of 253 days since its last local infection is over. Mask on face, President Tsai addressed the public on Wednesday. This local case has a clear source of infection and our epidemic investigation is underway. I have asked the Central Epidemic Command Center to adhere to the principles of openness and transparency as it proceeds so that the public can stay up to date and on guard. But I also ask of people, please don't overly panic. Before heading into a meeting of the DPP Central Standing Committee, President Tsai gave a statement meant to assure the public. But with the pandemic worsening overseas, she also called for taking proper COVID precautions. When participating in large-scale events such as New Year's countdown events, you must bear in mind the CECC's guidelines, which include mandatory mask wearing at all times. Eating and drinking are prohibited, with the exception of drinking water. Local governments that are organizing events must enforce public health measures. If you happen to want to use your holiday to relax at home, that is not a bad idea. Also on Wednesday, the DPP released a video narrated by the president. The video looks back at 2020 and on Taiwan's efforts against COVID, for which it's gained global acclaim. It touches on themes of democracy and unity against the epidemic, as well as Taiwan's trend-bucking economic growth, its diplomacy, and its national defense developments in 2020. Even with 2020 drawing to an end, the pandemic is far from over. Looking ahead to what could be a long, hard fight, the president expressed confidence and called on the people to unite to create Taiwan's future. Taiwan has slapped a 300,000 NT fine on the New Zealander pilot who roamed free in northern Taiwan while infected with COVID. The pilot is believed to be the infection source of two other pilots, as well as a woman in her 30s who's become Taiwan's first local COVID case since April. Officials said the New Zealander had not truthfully declared his whereabouts or contact history during his time in the country. Officials also said they're considering fines on the pilot's employer, EVA Air. Based on its preliminary findings, the Civil Aeronautics Administration has determined that on the basis of this case, they will have legal grounds for imposing penalty on the airline. Airlines will be required to propose a plan for implementing public health safeguards and for enforcing the rules. In the absence of proper safeguards or when supervision is poor, of course the airline has to be punished. EVA Air announced Wednesday that it had decided to fire the New Zealander pilot for violating the company's health protocols. It said the dismissal takes effect immediately. 
Earlier, the airline had issued a statement of apology to frontline public health workers and the general public. Meanwhile, the Central Epidemic Command Center is moving forward with its plan to tighten quarantine rules for pilots, whose quarantine period is currently just three days. The CECC says it's asked the Civil Aeronautics Administration and airlines to propose a new plan within a week. Cities and counties in southern Taiwan are getting ready to welcome 2021 with a bang. In the wake of Taiwan's first local COVID case in months, organizers are stepping up public health measures for countdown events. Concerts, fireworks shows, performances and light shows will go ahead as planned, but with extra precautions such as real name registration and compulsory face masks. The city of Kaohsiung got its current name 100 years ago this year. To celebrate, an orchestra will perform on the shore of Love River on New Year's Eve. The event will also feature a light projection show, making Kaohsiung Harbor a gigantic performance hall. Locals can't wait to party. In the wake of a local case reported in northern Taiwan, the Kaohsiung city government is stepping up its public health measures. Whether it's technology solutions or face mask enforcement or venue management, we will tighten oversight on all aspects of these events. You can rest assured. Meanwhile, Tainan has organized seven events to celebrate Christmas and the New Year. K-pop idol Hyo Yun from Girls' Generation will be joining locals to ring in 2021. The city government says it will make adjustments to these events, based on the guidance from the Central Epidemic Command Center. First of all, we will abide by the rules laid out by the CECC and make arrangements based on their instructions. Second, if Hyoyoung goes on stage and the epidemic is so severe that no one is in the audience, we will broadcast the concert virtually. Over in Jiayi County's Ali Shan, the annual Sunrise Concert on New Year's Day will require attendees to register at the entrance. Meanwhile, Jiayi City says it hopes its New Year's bash can go ahead as planned. For now, we're going ahead with the event. We've taken precautionary measures like preparing infrared thermometers. There will be visitor flow management at entrances and exits. Pingdong also says its countdown will take place as scheduled. Southern Taiwan has plenty of events to herald the new year, but if you go, make sure to wear a mask. Taiwan shares closed slightly up on Wednesday, fueled by shipping companies and electronics firms such as UMC and Acer. But the biggest gainers were the so-called COVID stocks, like mask maker Medex International and detergent maker Maobao, which both closed limit up. The weighted index finished the day 40 points higher at 14,223 on turnover of 219.5 billion NT. During the previous trading session on Tuesday, the TIEX had plummeted by 207 points, losing over 672 billion NT in value. The bruising day came in the wake of Taiwan's first local COVID infection in months. Ahead of the holidays, chances are good for big market fluctuations before year's end. Analysts urge investors to be cautious and not chase highs. The port of Taichung has just received its largest ever shipment of imported cars. A tanker from Norway docked at the port with 3,000 vehicles, including Mercedes and BMWs, worth almost 10 billion NT. It's the biggest shipment of cars in Taichung in the port's 44-year history. 
One by one, thousands of luxury cars disembarked the ship to park on the wharf. One hundred drivers were employed to complete the task. The whole cargo of this big ship is imported cars. Three thousand vehicles are preparing to disembark, an all-time record for the port of Taichung. The 3,000 vehicles from Norway include 1,513 Mercedes, 1,326 BMWs, 158 Mini Coopers, two camper vans, and an excavator. All told, they're worth 9.9 .9 billion NT. The import duty and luxury tax are 4 billion NT. In Taiwan, we've handled COVID-19 so well, and I suppose the economy is doing pretty well. There are many promotions for people to upgrade to a new car at the end of the year, and Lunar New Year is coming up, so there's quite some demand for new cars. This gigantic ship was originally scheduled to dock in Taichung on December 19th, but the northeast monsoon front kept it at sea two more days, causing it to burn through an extra 60,000 NT of oil. In the middle of a pandemic, a record-breaking shipment of new cars indicates high demand for for consumption in Taiwan. Major Taiwan suppliers in ICT, healthcare, and other sectors showcased their products this month at the first ever virtual Taiwan Expo in India. The three day trade show connected exhibitors with the promising Indian market through live stream product demonstrations and one on one networking meetings. For most of the news, reporter Stephanie Yang takes us in. Bilateral trade between India and Taiwan soared to 7 billion U.S. dollars in 2019, in whopping year-on-year -year growth of over 25 percent. In addition, an increasing number of Taiwanese enterprises, including Foxconn, Wistron, and Pegatron, are planning to expand their investments in the subcontinent's largest nation. Of course, there are a lot of uh, cultural difference between Taiwan and India, but uh, it's a friendly uh, country and it's, uh, it's also friendly for Taiwanese uh, business people. Uh, we are doing uh, electric scooters, and two-wheelers, three-wheelers, also electric battery pack and charging stations. And we know India is uh, the biggest market for two-wheelers in, in the world. Tetra chairman James Huang says he sees future opportunities for collaboration in the field of digital business transformation. In addition, Taiwan's expertise in industries such as semiconductors, ICT, steel and heavy manufacturing are all areas where Taiwan can partner with India. Because both India and Taiwan are the powerhouses of uh, IT software and hardware. So combine the strengths of the two countries and in the upcoming digital era, uh, there are very good opportunities for both Taiwan and India. And I think uh, the Taiwanese business community should seize the moment. Since 2018, Taitra has organized the Taipei Expo in India. Owing to the pandemic, this year the expo was virtual as it helped connect Taiwanese businesses with suppliers and buyers. Taitra created a virtual reality tour on the expo's homepage and products were displayed using 3D imaging in over 100 virtual booths. The Taiwan-made products range from food to anti-epidemic products to clothing. So we turned it into an online virtual Taiwan Exposition India 2020 using the latest uh, technologies. So we actually built uh, a virtual uh, exhibition halls and uh, we connect uh, more than 370 Taiwanese and Indian companies together 
and altogether there will be 650 meetings, business meetings, uh, during the three-day uh, Taiwan Exposition. Besides the expo, Tetra also created a comic based upon a true story of a Taiwanese entrepreneur in India and the adventures she experienced in life and business. Through the comic, the Trade Promotion Agency hopes to introduce Indian society, people and culture to both the Taiwan business community and general public to enrich their understanding of India. For Muscle News, Stephanie Yang, Lu Botong in Taipei. Independent Kaohsiung City Councilor Huang Jie appealed to her supporters on Wednesday ahead of a recall election against her scheduled for February 6th. Huang became a media darling last year when a video of her rolling her eyes at then-Mayor Han Guoyu went viral. A DPP lawmaker said Wednesday that the recall campaign against her was retaliation by supporters of Han, who has since been recalled himself. Independent lawmaker Freddie Lim said that Huang was up against a powerful mobilization network with resources far outmatching her own. Former members of the new power party reunite at the legislative yuan. The lined up to show support for an old party colleague, a Gaoshan councillor who faces a recall vote. I'm sure all of you have seen all those anti-Huang campaign trucks, the sound trucks, the pamphlets, all those resources which include a robust mobilization network. Huang Jie has no way of overcoming all of that on her own. When people speak out against female politicians, and particularly young female politicians, they tend to target their appearance and so on. That sort of criticism is really the cheapest form of discrediting a person. Days earlier, the CEC announced that the petition to recall Juan had cleared the second threshold with some 35,000 signatures. This means the recall will be put to a public vote next February 6. The news has enlivened Huang's opposition, which is ramping up mobilization. Over at Huang's camp, supporters are rallying too. They point the finger of blame at supporters of former Mayor Han. This is not her own personal war. If exposing the incompetence of a mayor can result in being recalled, then who would dare to stand up in the future? To my duties as a counselor, I have always been fully devoted, fulfilling them honestly and with a clear conscience. I hope that on February 6, everyone in Fengshan will come out together and vote against the recall. Flanked by lawmakers, Huang lodged an appeal to the public. She's gearing up for a stiff recall fight in the run-up to February 6. Taiwan is moving steadily toward its target of having 20% of its energy supplied by renewables by 2025. Nearly 300 industry experts and professionals converged at a Taipei forum on Wednesday to explore ways to foster talent and drive growth in the energy sector. The forum was organized by the Industrial Technology Research Institute and the Taiwan Power and Energy Engineering Association. During the forum, the association conferred its first Liu Shusheng Memorial Award, which aims to develop talent by honoring promising young electrical engineers. At the opening ceremony, E-Tree President Liu Wensheng, Bureau of Energy Head Yu Zhengwei, Tai Power Chairman Yang Weifu, and other officials started off the morning's events. 
As part of its talent cultivation push in the energy sector, eTree invited industry heavyweights to speak on emerging trends in talent needs. The speakers also shared views on how industry university institute collaboration could drive growth in green energy. The Power School is for industry professionals who are interested in entering the power and energy sector. It provides them with some basic courses. The Liu Shusheng Memorial Award aims to encourage young engineers new to the field. It hopes to encourage them to stay in it as they build their careers. On the university end, there's been a great deal of curriculum reforms that enable students to learn the knowledge that they now need. As part of its efforts to expand the power talent pool, the Taiwan Power and Energy Engineering Association conferred the first Liu Shushen Memorial Award in a ceremony on Wednesday. The recipient of the scholarship, Zhen Yuxuan, is just 28 years old. He joined Tai Power three years ago and has already conducted a wealth of research, proving to be a rising star in the field. Over the past three years, I've realized that young people in the power sector are low-key and undiscovered. I hope you all can support the young people around you and give them more opportunities to shine. Renewable energy has become a top global priority. By 2025, Taiwan hopes to generate 20% of its power through renewables. As the power and energy sectors get increasingly high-tech and interdisciplinary, professionals across domains are joining forces to secure Taiwan's energy future. And now an update on the ongoing drought. Recent rounds of rain in northern Taiwan have given a slight lift to local reservoirs. In addition, water officials launched another wave of cloud seeding on Wednesday as a low-pressure belt moved across parts of Taiwan. Flares were fired over five reservoirs, including Taoyuan's Shimen Reservoir, where the supply reached about 64% capacity at 11 a.m. But that's still far from enough. The Water Resources Agency says that in a typical year, Shimen Reservoir has to be filled up four times to meet the demand. This year, the dam has never once reached full capacity. With the dry season set to be extra dry this winter, the government is urging citizens to conserve water. Doctors are again urging the public to be mindful about prolonged screen time and its potential danger for the eyes. A young woman in Kaohsiung recently astonished doctors with early-onset cataracts. Her condition was most likely caused by overexposure to digital screens. Under the microscope, you can see the white, needle-thin crystals in the eye, like tinsel in a Christmas tree. This is the pupil of 25-year-old Ms. Xue from Kaohsiung. She's not wearing a cosmetic, patented contact lens. She has cataract. When she first came in, her eyesight on the right was down to 0.7 and the left just 0.8. The crystallizations made her eyes look like they were full of stars. They were needle-shaped and had formed on top of the lens. It looked like a Christmas tree, so we named it Christmas Tree Cataracts. Dr. Hong says the blue light from mobile devices as well as the sun's ultraviolet rays both contributed to the cataract formation. Ms. Xue was using her phone or computer for more than 10 hours a day, and doctors think that caused the problem. They say prolonged screen time can even make your eyes give up entirely. When it started, there was a black shadow in my left eye. I thought, how can my eyes be giving up? They've always been fine. That was central serous retinopathy, or CSR as it's known. That is when fluid leaks under the retina and accumulates there. 
Doctors say eye problems like this are strongly linked to a patient's habits and way of life. People with anxiety or those who stay up late skipping sleep are more likely to find their eyes give up, with estimates putting their risk at four to six times greater. An old saying goes, guard your eyes like the window to the soul. Cutting down on screen time and avoiding screen usage in the dark is a good way to help keep your eyes healthy and happy. Tuesday saw the very last journey of one of Taiwan's most beloved local trains. The diesel-powered Blue Standard train, or the Pukui class train, has chugged back and forth from Taidong to Pingdong every day for years. Its final journey attracted hundreds of railway buffs. Many remembered how the famous train used to survive on electric fans before the days of ubiquitous aircon. The train will now be used for tourism. Passengers crowd the platform, ready to board. While they're waiting, some pull out cameras for a flurry of selfies, while others ask station staff to autograph their ticket. This is the last hurrah of the famous blue Pukui class train. I took Pukui trains like this when I was a kid. This is its last journey today. Now it will be history. I wanted to experience the atmosphere. The carriages are full and tickets were in high demand. Railway lovers from all over the country got up early this morning to come down for the last ride. The driver's mother-in-law even came down to Taidong specially to wish him a happy final journey. He said it was the last journey and that it will be history from now on. The train driver is my son-in-law. This is the TRA's last working blue Pukui. At 11 a.m. on Tuesday, it set off from Pingdong's Fangliao station for the last time, rolling down the South Link Line for two and a half hours to arrive at Taidong before completing the return journey, the very last, at 4 p.m. It was a different journey this time. It felt like there was a sadness in it, a kind of longing for how it used to be, because I'll stop driving soon. Passengers were excited, but also nostalgic as they took photos with the train. Those who didn't get a ticket were disappointed, but never fear. The train will be converted to a tourist attraction and will continue to take journeys in a new form. Under the pall of the pandemic, it's tough these days in the hospitality industry. One Taipei hotel hopes to attract more guests by upping its game on room service. It's offering a stay package that features dishes from establishments recognized by the Michelin Guide. The dishes are delivered straight to the room so that guests can sample the best of Taipei without stepping out of their room. Right after checking in, guests are treated to a warm bowl of chicken soup and glutinous rice from Moon Moon Food, winner of a 2020 Taipei Michelin Bib Gourmand. Then for afternoon tea, it's a bowl of mango pomelo sago from My Humble House. Dinner is served by the two-star The Guest House. To cap it off, a hot traditional Chinese-style breakfast is served up the next morning by the local favorite, Fuhang soy milk.